Previously on And Becoming is the best Buffy episode of all time. Wow. I I'm not playing this game anymore. <laughs> Freeze! Put your hands up. Back away from the girl slowly. Look, I didn't do anything. Do it now! This one's dead. What about up there? Get her out of here! Wait, just see if he's okay, please! Please, you don't understand. You'd do well to keep your mouth shut, Missy. But I didn't do anything. Why do I find that so very hard to believe? In there. You know this girl. Buffy Summers. If there's trouble, she's behind it. You stupid little troll. You have no idea. Attitude problem. Serious. Look, I just want to know if my friends are okay. Right, that's enough. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can... <laughs> We have a fugitive on foot at the high school. Homicide suspect, female, blonde, approximately 16 years old. Suspect is very dangerous. Hello and uh, welcome to this uh, Geek Fights post-game commentary about episode number 63, best of Buffy episode, Geek Fights. Uh, my name is Jared Formby. I, of course, contribute heavily to Geek Fights. And uh, with me is um, Gary Tognetti. Gary, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Gary Tognetti, and I am always right about everything. Which means he'd be an outstanding panelist for Geek Fights, because as Damon Shaw always says, every geek has the right opinion and all the other geeks are wrong. So, let's talk about how this ended, Gary. This was incredible. What an upset. Uh, it was pretty ridiculous. Uh, I was not expecting it. I'm actually, I think I'm a little bit pleasantly surprised, because I do like to see these kinds of upsets. Uh, it does make the show more entertaining and more exciting. And uh, I think we should start by talking about uh, the episode that won, Becoming. Right, uh, Becoming. What, uh, what exactly uh, about Becoming do you think, uh, before we get into what the panelists said about it, Right. What, what makes this a contender for Best Buffy episode ever? I think it's an obvious contender. I mean, uh, it is uh, one of those episodes that when you first saw it, like it's like one of the episodes that really defined what Buffy the Vampire Slayer could be and would go on to be. Um, it's one of the most satisfying uh, season enders of, of any television show that I can name or, or even think of. And it has a lot of powerful moments in it. It does. And I think that uh, from listening to the, the, broad, the podcast, uh, we heard repeated several times while this episode was being discussed um, the, the big iconic moments. Get Giles out and you run like hell, understood? I can't protect you. I'm going to be too busy killing. Willow, uh, she told me to tell you. Tell me what? Kick his ass. Very dramatic conclusion. Uh, Indeed. She runs him 
through the heart with the sword, thereby closing the gateway to hell. Yes, and, uh, and but the conclusion to the story comes at the moment that Angel's uh, soul is restored, which at the time Buffy didn't really see that uh, as being an option while they were fighting. She didn't know. She was try. Yes, she was trying to 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 to, to kill our friend. Going back to our, our first iconic moment, when you think about those two moments together, me yeah. personally. You said that that was a big cheer moment when Xander said, kick his ass. Yeah, it was. Uh, and I agree with you to some extent, but was there ever a feeling uh, going into the fight that you, uh, where you might have, uh, might have hoped that, that, uh, that Xander had uh, been a little bit more uh, cautious in, his, uh, in, in expressing his own will? Or injecting his own will into that situation? And, and at the same time, uh, pretending... That it, that it was coming from Willow, shielding himself from that. Oh, it, it actually blindsided me, you know, because uh, as most television shows had programmed me to believe, I mean, why would he lie? I mean, why wouldn't he just deliver Willow's message? You yeah. Know? I mean, a lot of television um, that I was used to obviously had kind of trained me to believe that, you know, if there's an option for restoring this dude's soul, then it's obviously going to happen roll credits, you know, everybody's happy, see you next year. But this show wasn't like that. It wasn't, but at, at the time. Right. This is Remember, this is when we're just getting obsessed, and we're just yeah. learning the rules of the Whedonverse. Sure. And, uh, and he prepared us for it already with the death of Jenny Calendar. That right. was completely unexpected, completely out of left field. Nobody saw that coming. So at that point, we are we should be conditioned as an audience to think, well, anything can happen. Right. Any character can go right. at any time. Uh, but were you still, once once that out was given, once uh, Willow uh, uh, was putting all of that effort into restoring his soul, right? did you uh, still believe, were you, uh, were you conditioned enough by the, 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 the Joss Whedon approach to drama uh -huh. to believe that there was no possible way uh, that Angel was going to come back? Uh, I, I, uh, I actually uh, believed Angel would come back. I, I, I always kind of thought that was going to happen. So, no, I, I guess the answer is no. Okay. So it did come as a surprise to you, as it did to me. Right. I, I, I'd say when she had to run him through. Right. And then it worked. Yes. And at that point, it was inevitable. Which right. Which was the great thing about the writing. Is, right. Is it was pretty inevitable at that point that, that she would have to kill him. And the, the ultimate tragedy was obviously his restoration. And, and I think that that's that moment, the moment where he looks at her with the... Those eyes that he used to look at her with. Right. Mixed with a, a sort of confusion and yeah. a, a lack of understanding as yeah. to why they're in the situation that they're in. Her having to, um, to uh, almost uh, like a mother, sort yeah. of try to, to, to calm him down and get him relaxed. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, then, and then murder him. Right. Yes, and that was a, it is an amazing episode for that. Uh, I noticed that the panelists didn't reference another favorite moment of mine from that same episode. There's actually two other favorite moments. I mean, this, this thing is chock full of favorite moments. Uh, let's talk about a little bit about when uh, she um, tells her mother to fuck off. This is insane. Buffy, you need help. I'm not crazy. What I need is for you to chill. I have to go. No, I am not letting you out of this house. You can't stop me. Oh, yes, I you walk out of this house, don't even think about coming back. Fuck off. 
interestingly enough, that's something that obviously the panelists did not bring up. It's something that kind of gets lost. Um, uh, what a pivotal moment that is for the character and it's for the huge. show. It is huge. Uh, and, um, and, uh, and at the time, uh, obviously, uh, Joyce was not, um, as invested in the world uh -huh. that Buffy was living in, not as, as, as audience members were. We were sympathetic. Right. We understood. Yeah. But of course we were behind Buffy there and, 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 uh, but, but without losing sympathy for Joyce and Joyce's predicament, uh, obviously uh, a mother who doesn't know what's going on in her child's life. That is true. Uh, is going to be upset and is going to put her foot down and is going to try to do everything they can when, when they think something is wrong. Right. Uh, to, to put a stop to it and correct the situation. If she can. Uh, if she can. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, and that moment's kind of lost in the shuffle when you talk about the big melodrama. It's true. As opposed to something like that, which is more of a, more of a low-key drama moment, I guess. It's something you would see on a, on a, a, on a non-fantasy, uh, you know, sort of family-oriented kind of show. I, I suppose it is, but, I mean, it's so uh, earth-shaking. I mean, it's, 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 it's it a is. huge moment that, that's going to play long into, uh, golly, all the way up to season five, at least, when Joyce's story stops running. You've proved too much of a liability for this school. These are the moments you want to savor. You wish time would stop so that you could live them over and over again. You're expelled. You never ever got a single date in high school, did you? This is a great episode. Yeah, uh, her world comes crumbling down pretty much in that episode. Yeah, it's Every step about, of the way. It's all about wrecking everything we know so far and setting up for God knows what a season three could possibly be. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, that's an excellent point. Those two moments that, uh, that were overlooked uh, in favor of the iconic moments that exactly. we tend to remember. But ultimately, on Geek Fights, on this show, right. um, it's those iconic moments... Uh, I think that uh, that were uh, the easiest to use to sway others to to your side of the argument. Absolutely, they're huge, and, they're big, and and this is a staple of geek fights. Yeah, and uh, so uh, so and again, you know, we we have a little bit more time to talk about that episode specifically. Yeah, than when, they did. than they do with five people, and so that because the, we invented this show. Yes, and uh, and and uh, one of the best things about inventing the show is that we can. Uh, we can talk freely and openly and long-windedly about what other people were talking about before. The reason, and I, I think we should probably address this next, uh, that this is such an upset is because, of course, it was up against um, a darling episode, one that uh, Damon Shaw even, you know, snarkily remarked in the first round, maybe we should just skip to the end of this show and right. go ahead and award best episode to Once More With Feeling. no pain no fear no doubt till they pulled me out of heaven so that's my refrain I live in hell cause I've been expelled from heaven I think I was in heaven What is it about um, about once more with feeling that makes it the favorite? Do you think? Uh, I think it's because you can sing along. 
I mean, I really think that that's it. I mean, that's I point. I like I like to entertain the idea that it is actually a huge, heavy hitting, you know, very dramatic episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer because I mean, I'm a weird fan and I I appreciate all the hell that moment when she sings that she was in heaven, uh, revealing that to her friends for the first time. And the expression on Sarah's face when she's uh, communicating that, when those words just escape her and there's nothing she can do about it, that moment is great. But my question to the panel would be, is that one moment, you know, bigger than the four on Becoming, five. She gets on a bus and leaves Sunnydale at the end of that episode. That's five huge things versus this one revelation where she sings that and then Willow's face falls. And then all we're really left with is... Uh, she's going to kiss Spike for the first time. Like, really kiss Spike. And, I mean, that's one's more than feeling, story-wise. So, so the rest is the fact that it's a musical. So, Jared, but are you really... Uh, are, so are, are you subscribing, then, to this argument that was put forth several times? Yes. That it is... Uh, that, it, the, the, that the best episode should be the most representative of what we want from Buffy and should contain... Uh, the uh, these the, the most iconic moments that we were talking about with becoming well, I, that, that, I, those are the most important criteria for determining best episodes. I, I believe that there is a lot of uh, credence to such an argument. I mean, uh, it's it's like uh, you have you have a show that that delivers one way uh, every week. You know, that's I mean, Buffy never did do it the same way every week, but I mean, there was a consistency that you can kind kind of come to expect uh, for what a good Buffy story would be. Uh, once more than feeling certainly certainly fits in that model. But it also kind of steps outside of that model because it is so wildly unique. I mean, characters just don't break into song often. And Buffy, of course, treated it as realistically as the, uh, the, the, the brilliant villains in Hush. I mean, those guys were specific to that episode just as this demon uh, who forced everybody to sing was specific to this episode. I mean, there's nothing about this story that does not work in Sunnydale and does not work within the model of the show. But yet it does seem to step outside of that model. And I don't mind that it was mentioned in the arguments that uh, it, it is maybe, I wouldn't use the word gimmicky, but that's the one that was used. Um, I like to think for lack of a, of a closer word, maybe a better word, which I, I can't even reach for right now. But uh, I do think that um, the fact that there is all these songs involved is what makes it so popular for the fans. I mean, how many really consider what's going on with the singing? What? How many consider the fact that this is when Giles is um, apologizing and going to leave Buffy? I mean, is that really a big deal to anybody? Or do they just like singing along? That's my question. I think, I, I think I, I, it's hard to argue with, uh, with, uh, with the fact that much of this episode's popularity uh, draws from the fact that on repeated viewings, the audience can participate along. And start singing along. And yes, and, uh, and it's, it's hard to argue with that. But at the same time... Um, when you're looking at Becoming, Becoming was the height of melodramatic Buffy. Yes. Uh, which is what really defined the first three seasons, high school Buffy. Um, but when you look at the later seasons, when adult Buffy, post-high school Buffy, right. subtlety and understatement became more uh, the order of the day. And, and that turned a lot of fans off, but I was not one of those fans. I wasn't For me either. personally... I appreciated that approach, that the way that approach grew into the show, particularly by the sixth season. Yes. And I think that what's uh, what's amazing about what was achieved with Once More with Feeling is that yes, it doesn't have those huge moments. It has right. the one, yeah, with, uh, one very big moment, which sure. is very important for 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 the show at that time. Huge. But, 
for an episode that's a musical, which musicals tend to lack subtlety. Right. Musicals by design are meant to be as bombastic as they possibly can be. Right. People do not just burst into song and dance. I've heard uh, some people argue that that uh, that for for some the idea of uh, singing and dancing in public in front of others is more horrifying than any situation that you could you could uh, contrive in a horror film. Uh, you know that, that that's sort of like that's one of the last taboos. Right. And so uh, so so by its very nature, a musical is bombastic. It's huge. It's people expressing things in the most expressive way possible. And for them to have so many uh, quiet and subtle right. and funny and uplifting uh, uh, small moments throughout, strung together so that there, it was almost like you're just watching uh, this never-ending series of things that, 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 uh, about this show that bring us joy. Right. Um, and then to culminate that with, 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 with Buffy, the Buffy circumstances. Yes. Completely ripping all of that down. I think that that, I think I give it a little bit more credit uh, in terms of looking at it from the, the kind of Buffy that I actually, that I actually am drawn more to, the later Buffy, and the way that that episode deliberates on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's... expresses it, uh, I think, uh, I think is, is, uh, is as successful uh, creatively as, as anything anyone has done on that show. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, no, that, that, that absolutely needs to be said about that episode it's a fantastic episode it's an amazing episode but i mean we'd all be lying if we weren't all like looking at the title of this particular episode of geek fights and thinking oh well i know how this is going to end i mean right. that's how deftly popular this particular episode is yes and does it have any chinks is, uh, is there anything to chip away and it did thing? seem from the beginning that it, that the momentum was going to be unstoppable. Absolutely. Uh, it swept obviously the first round um i'll have to double check but i believe it swept the second round as well um, uh, but, uh, you know, I, again, ultimately, uh, there seem to be, um, there seem to be, uh, a few strains of argument developing, uh, over the course of the show, which, which, uh, we'll get into in a moment. Yes. Uh, that, uh, that chipped away at the armor. Right. The, uh, impenetrable armor of Once More With Feeling and started to really boost up and bolster, uh, Becoming. Most of the, the fighting in Geek Fights, episode 63, was, of course, just praising Once More with Feeling. And it was not a shocker for anybody who's a Buffy fan, obviously, because Once More with Feeling is one of, I guess, three big, big, big episodes of Buffy. It's, 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 it's one of the, uh, the Holy Trilogy, yeah. It's one of the, the big three uh, that we like to call them. Uh, and... Uh, and it's interesting because uh, I think that going into listening to this podcast, uh, I know you and I both thought, uh, and I'm sure most people listening probably thought, that uh, the final would come down to once more with feeling against either the body or, or hush. Hush. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, Becoming was more of a dark horse that really uh, started to gather momentum as it went along. These shows are so big. Um, the, the, these three episodes, I mean, they're so big. That I almost would have preferred if if maybe the geek panelists had not let them into the fight, 
Because, I mean, it, it feels so obvious that one of these three will win because they are that huge. It does. It well, and, that, and, and, and yes, and the argument would be that it would basically kill the suspense. That the only suspense would be which one of these two episodes, The Body or Hush, was going to go up against Once More With Feelings. Was and going get, to lose to yes, Once More yes, With Yes, get slaughtered by Once yeah. More With Feelings. Uh, so, so, uh, so uh, ultimately, uh, what happened to the big three? Because not only did uh, two of those three not even make it to the final, yeah. but uh, the one, the messiah of Buffy episodes, yes. uh, did not even uh, ascend to its rightful place in, uh, in the, the uh, in final heaven. four. Yeah, no. What really happened in terms of the big three? I mean, we've already discussed the, the fall of Once More with Feeling, obviously, right. at the beginning right. of the show. Right. But what, what, what pushed uh, both the body and Hush out of the final? I'm not sure. No, oh no, don't, no, no, it's too late. Joyce? They're, they're, they're coming for her. No, no, we're... Joyce! We're not supposed to move the body! I think the reason it is uh, one of these big three, I mean, if you step outside and you consider once more feeling being, you know, it's the thing it brought to the universe was this music. And then like Hush brought in this uh, idea that, you know, there's no speaking. And this, this one brought in this idea that this is just a real drama. And the film language, uh, that is how it was shot, edited, um, recorded, how the performances were all taken down was, was very different, uh, probably the most different from anything else in the series, maybe outside of uh, Restless. Restless was probably just as uh, filmically daring um, as the body. Well, and I'd like to say to follow up on that, that uh, that Restless was, the I think, the first... Uh, not that Joss hadn't done a good job directing before, but I think Restless was the first episode where Joss really hit a home run, where he found, uh, where he found a pace yes. and a shooting style that yes. was so distinct yes uh for that specific piece of writing and Absolutely. for a specific mood and a, and a specific atmosphere that he wanted and i think that really elevated him as a director beyond anything we had seen from him in that capacity before whereas the body i think builds on that even more and i think i think it's safe to say for me uh you know having not participated in that panel and, right. and looking at it uh retrospectively Absolutely. How the arguments were made, it would have been really difficult for anyone to convince me that the body was not the best episode of Buffy ever. That's true. That's that would true. be hard for someone to convince me of. It's one of these big three, and the body did actually go down. It was defeated by becoming, wasn't it? Uh, I believe so. Mike Ortiz's big thing was that an episode like the body uh, stands out. It's, it's an atypical episode, and therefore should not be up for. Um, best episode because it's not a, a typical sample of what this show is, you would be saying that if it's not being atypical, then it's probably not being as Buffy as Buffy could be. Yes, I think that that, that show made its mark by being unconventional. That show made its mark by, by, uh, by not giving us what we expect, by not, by, by taking, uh, by, by giving us, the, by, by giving us the, the best its best moments when, uh, in a manner in which we hadn't seen before. Right. And which we weren't expecting. And uh, so for Buffy to be atypical, 
for Buffy to deviate from the norm is the best of what Buffy does. And that's true of Becoming as well. Right. Because we were just learning that language with, with Becoming. So, uh, so I think what's interesting is, is, is again, uh, Mike Ortiz made this argument. Yeah. But I'm kind of, uh, in retrospect, looking uh, back upon this in hindsight. With a beer in your hand. With a beer in my hand. I'm going to say, actually, that, that the argument that he makes against the body and for Becoming could easily, ju just as easily bolster the body. I, I, yeah, I, I, I see that, that, I that, that, what you mean. That, that, that the greatness of that episode is typical of what the show does. Absolutely, and, and, uh, and I mean, I, I, I like your argument that, that not just because it stands out apart from the rest of the show, that shouldn't be a reason to, to, to chip away at its status or, or, or to tear it down in some way. Uh, another big episode, another of the big three, of course, I the guess last the one. final, yeah. uh, would be Hush. Another episode that amazingly did not go as far as I thought it would go. No, that uh, didn't even make it to the final four, I don't think. No, it? it did not. And uh, and you know what? Honestly, if you listen to uh, to this episode, and it's a bit surprising at first because it has it is always considered the big three. Yes. But I think that once these panelists started talking about it, even though it made it past the first couple of rounds, right? Uh, rather easily. Um, uh, they never really got too excited about it. Nobody really got too excited about Hush. It's almost as if uh, people assume that, oh, well, I mean, I've been so excited about Hush for so long. I mean, you already see what I mean when I talk about Hush. Nobody felt really inclined to, to, to fight or to, to really argue for the brilliance of Hush. Everybody just kind of called in, like, a favorite moment from Hush or uh, barely mentioned Hush well, at Hush all. Hush was probably the first time that Buffy felt cinematic. Oh, for me, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And uh, uh, to the degree, uh, not... Uh, stylistically not as daring or as interesting as Restless or The Body. Oh, no. But, uh, but definitely had a big, a big movie feel to it in the way that it was shot. Right. And, uh, and, I, and I think that that's why we got so excited about it at the time. And if I'll remind you, Jared. Yes. Blast from the Past. That is the first episode of Buffy that you and I watched together after learning we were both fans. That is true. That is true. Um, uh, and it was an accident. We didn't even know there was a new episode airing that evening. That, that was. That was very, very true. It was funny. Um, th th these were the days when um, discussing Buffy or, or uh, speaking about Buffy uh, wasn't something that was uh, something that I was certainly looking to do with people outside of people I watched Buffy with. So it was a shocker. Right. Um, I think for both of us it was still kind of... Uh, um, kind of a, a guilty pleasure in our yep. minds. Like, uh, we knew how great it was, but we knew other people didn't understand how great and it was. And they wouldn't see how great it was, and they so wouldn't why see even how bother? Great it was. And since we had uh, only recently become friends, yes, that, that, uh, I can it, it was, say uh, that. It was quite an interesting bonding experience because I think we were both uh, uh, just going to watch a rerun, we thought. We thought it was going to be a rerun. We thought we were just going to watch a rerun, and we thought that we would just watch... An episode of Buffy together because we were hanging out and that seemed like the thing to do. So and it was billed so as a special Buffy event. It was. It was it a special was. event. It was. Like, we turned it on. It was like, now a special Buffy event. Hush. What? Yeah. That came out of nowhere. It was like, it was like getting a, it was like getting an early Christmas present. It was. It was. It was. And I think that did air in December. I think it did. It. Yeah. Yep. It, it did. And uh, so. So uh, anyway, uh, Hush is a huge thing.
And that was Hush. Yeah, that was one of my favorite moments uh, absolutely, on the show. Absolutely brilliant. All right, well, uh, I think it's about time we got to discussing uh, some of the uh, the fighters and, and the panelists, um, and maybe even some of the other contenders uh, that were in the show. So uh, we'll get into that next. We pit uh, two competitors against one another and put it to a vote. Majority wins. The panel can decide the battle any way they see fit. Uh, just use your geek logic. Did I just end up on a show where Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is up against Forbidden Planet? And somebody just voted for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Welcome to Geek Fights, the Ponzi Scheme of Podcasting. I'm Damon Shaw. With me as always is Mr. Mike Ortiz. So what are we fighting about this time, Damon? This week's battle is best sci-fi movie of all time, best token minority, best animated TV series. Um, what's Geek Logic, Mike? It's Clint Howard versus Joan Collins. Joan Collins was hot, but she did Dynasty f*** her. Clint Howard, go for my maneuver. You can make the sound a whale makes. <laughs> Download. Listen. Geekfights.net So, uh, let's get into the the panelists right uh now um this is not to take anything away from the five that uh that were that were participating or from our um from our uh often inappropriately humorous host damon shaw uh but uh but this really ultimately in the end yeah uh boiled down to uh a battle of wills between the two most aggressive uh, champions for uh, the two episodes that were in that were in the the final. Right. Uh, 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 Jill Valule, uh and her support of uh, unflinching support of once more with feeling. Unflinching, absolutely. From and, the first uh, round. And and uh, Mike Ortiz for his uh, kind of sneaky. Yes. Very yes. very very cleverly uh, uh, um, uh, arranged. Yes. Uh, and 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 slowly developing argument for uh, becoming like a shark. He was. He was. He was like. Uh, he had those. He, if 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 you could see his eyes, I think they would be black. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 listeners, uh, if you could uh, if you could see those eyes, they would uh, they would have no soul. Well, because um, he really really uh, attacked with some sharp teeth there. He he did he did and he kept those teeth in for most of the show. But this is my question. Do you think that Mike was set out to champion Becoming from the very beginning? Or did he start to throw his weight behind Becoming when uh, some other of his favorites went down? Like, uh, I remember him arguing for Doppelgangland. If you listen to the argument that developed right. uh, 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 for Becoming from him, yes, uh, I don't think he would have argued for Doppelgangland over Becoming. So I think really throwing a little bit more passion early on behind other episodes yes, yes was really not indicative of 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 his over i think that there was i think there was a real strategy uh that he deployed uh to to bring becoming into the final unexpectedly uh to uh and uh and it was an argument that developed slowly um jill uh uh really um really threw down in the first round uh, with the with the, the blanket statement that this is the best show ever, ever and this is the best episode of that show. Yes. Period. She was already she had already declared that the winner. This is the winner. Yes. As far as I'm concerned, I will accept nothing else but this as the winner. 
And uh, and Mike didn't do that for any episode, really. No. And especially not for Becoming. Uh, uh, let's, let's listen to his first argument in favor of Becoming in the first round. We got it right here. Another vote for Becoming. Mike. Yep, everything that, uh, that Jill and Dave said. Didn't say shit. He did not even say the title of the episode. No. He dismissed it. He said, oh, yeah, what uh, what Jill and uh, and and Dave, Dave said. Dave Gill, yeah. What Jill and Dave said. That's, all, right. that's it. That was it. And, uh, and, uh, and that was a little bit sneaky, I think. It I was. think he was being sneaky. I'll say that right now. Well, he was the third vote. You know, so he so he knew it would win. It was going through, through. and he yeah, and like you said, he 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 kept those teeth in. in, Yes, he did. He did for the first round, and that I think that that was a brilliant move. I think so because if it isn't true, true in fact that he was uh, shaping this, uh, shaping his uh, his uh, energy behind becoming to get to the final from the very beginning, which he did say later on. He did say, Mm -hmm. uh, "I've been championing that from the beginning." Yes, he did. Uh, So. uh, then he really didn't show it. He didn't show his hand this early on, whereas Jill already had. But again, it was that it's that armor yes. that, that once more with feeling had, and I think she she came into that with so much confidence she didn't uh, feel like she really needed to develop much of an argument for it. Yeah, and no. I think that's also true of how she spoke about it in the second round. I mean, it, it was really just more uh, ceaselessly glowing praise. Yes, uh, it was a little. Uh, she got into it a little bit more in the second round than she than she did in the first round. Yeah, first round was sort of more like it was a very very uh, firm opening statement. Yes, uh, the second round she got into a little bit more detail. Right. Um, and to tell you the truth, I like where Jill's arguments start. Right. Uh, when Jill, uh, not just for that episode, but for her other episodes, uh, I noticed that her making really good points right up front. The first sentence is always very... It's very hard to disagree with. Yes. Um, sometimes, she, I think she, she might lose a little bit of focus after that. Sometimes maybe contradict herself a little bit, maybe... Uh, but this is common in many geek fighters. Right, and again, because a lot of times, uh, a lot of times they're, they're, they don't know how, how these things are going to develop, so they're, they're doing this on the fly. Right. So, uh, so, but with Once More With Feeling, she, she, she stayed very... Very, uh, uh, her, her, all of her arguments for once more feeling stayed extremely coherent. Yes, they were extremely straightforward from beginning to end. Uh, and uh, because she was assuming, I think that it was going to win. Right, and I think we all were too. Yes, and I think we were sharing. Uh, well, well, we even if we as listeners weren't rooting for it, we 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 were uh, sharing in her confidence that it would go all the way. Absolutely, and Damon Shaw's confidence. I mean, Obviously, Damon yes. Shaw. Was was coloring once more feeling to be the obvious champion of this whole thing almost to such a degree where it felt like uh, uh, he was almost proclaiming this a phoned in episode like we're already right. we already know what's going to win this guys but we're going to go through these we're going to go through the motions anyway but uh, the result was obviously very different but here's the interesting thing Jared for the first two rounds for all of these people. Uh, that uh, that 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 uh, that that voted for once more with feeling, it was always uh, pretty much along the lines of what Jill's argument was that there really isn't anything bad you can say about this episode. Not only that, but you, it, 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 there is nothing but uh, but uh, but uh, um, but prodigious, unending yes. amounts of praise that you can heap upon this episode. Absolutely, until 
at the end of the second round, when uh, when it was going up against surprise uh, first round winner Puppet Show, right? Uh, and everybody, obviously, up to that point, had obviously said, "Come on, one's more feeling Puppet Show, really?" Yeah. Um, yeah. Mike did something really interesting. Another vote for once more with feeling. And Mike, is it a clean sweep? Sure, why not? I don't feel like trying to come up with some weird reason for Puppet, so, but just give it to once more. (laughs) That right there, for me, was was part of the strategy that he had already begun to develop. It's a cold tactic. I think that that was the first time he really, he really, uh, he... If you were a boxer and you and you and you saw uh, you saw uh, you, you made that cut above the the other fighter's eye, yeah, that you know you can work that cut for the right. rest of the fight, yeah, and and wear that fighter down by working that cut by working sure. that side of the sure. face, sure, sure, um, yeah, for being the the, the 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 first time in the entire episode where where you where you, you where somebody pretty much didn't uh, didn't say well of course once more with feeling, yeah. Yeah, kind of. It was kind of a, a sort of begrudging acknowledgement that yeah, it's the better episode. Right, right. And I think that that was the first. That was the first blow, uh, really, that had landed on on the unquestioned favorite. Once more with feeling, it doesn't get better than that. It's my favorite episode. Uh, vote for once more with feeling, Mike. Uh, you know, it, at some point, I always wind up turning on the juggernaut. Um, and, and here, I think, I, I am going to vote for Earshot. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm also going to vote for Becoming. Uh, Hush, again, a, a huge favorite. Uh, usually tops the list. But again, for me, it's a lot of it is built on a gimmick. It's it's an atypical episode. And, and sometimes, like I had the same problem when we were talking about Best Star Trek, is I, I think if you're trying to talk about the best of a show... It should be something that is is a great example of the show, not something that's sort of atypical or outside of what they normally do. Um, so that's why I'm going to vote for Becoming, because that that's really what Buffy did. Those big, very personal stories, paralleling kind of the emotional roller coaster of of the the characters as kind of you know what people go through in real life. Um, that that was the show at its best for me. Well, it's interesting that Ortiz obviously cited the fact that he's been arguing this way since Best of Star Trek. And it's true. That episode, of course, uh, came between two juggernauts. It was the episode In the Pale Moonlight versus The Inner Light. And the favorite going in, and this was amongst eight, eight geek fighters. Uh, The favorite was In the Pale Moonlight, the hardcore DS9 episode. Ortiz, of course, um, argued that the inner light was obviously a more Star Trek episode within the Pale Moonlight being indicative of the anti-Star Trek. The This is not typical at all. In fact, it's so not typical that it's championed by so many Star Trek fans because it's so not the norm. And Mike paused everyone and said, well, wait a minute. Maybe we ought to be voting for the norm because, and I believe what he said was, if we vote something that is not a normal Star Trek episode to be the best Star Trek episode, then what does that say about Star Trek episodes? And that argument did a lot. It did a lot to sway quite a few geeks. And 
He's continuing that argument here when he's arguing that becoming is by the rules of how a Buffy episode should operate, film language-wise, melodrama-wise, becoming is more of a representation of what is normal in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, whereas once more the feeling is more of what's not normal. And that argument starts here in the third round. Yes, it does. And another argument that he uh, brings in here, uh, when he takes a swing at... Uh, this is the first time he t he really takes a swing at um, at uh, the at the at the juggernaut, as he says. Yes. Uh, when he votes for earshot over once more with feeling, uh, his reason for this is he says it's just a gimmick. The uh, musical aspect of it, the angle, is right. just a gimmick. And uh, and again, like he says later with uh, with becoming, it's not typical of what we get from a from a Buffy episode. I have a I have a I actually personally have a real problem with this argument. I know you do. Uh the problem that I have with this argument uh, is not that it is not that it worked uh because he argued it well enough that it worked very well. Uh but my my problem with this argument is that um we're talking about a genre show here. Right. Uh and and genres work genres work in cycles. All of these episodes, pretty much everything that occurs here in uh, in in a genre show, we've seen before, um, and they are always throwing gimmicks at us. You could make the same argument that the uh, Buffy Angel romance at this point is a cliche, a gimmick. Uh, uh, the, the the vampire romance genre did not start with Buffy. Uh, you know, there were books of this kind in uh, uh, the. Uh, Laurel K. Hamilton and her Anita Blake series uh, had a romance between uh, between the vampire killer, the vampire executioner, uh, Anita Blake, and uh, and uh, the leader of the vampires. Okay. Uh, uh, we had uh, the Vampire Diaries, which before it became a famous TV show, was a best-selling teen book series, which had this uh, romance between a <coughs> vampire and a human that was very... Along very similar lines, the sort of tortured soul who had been around a long time and and didn't like the didn't didn't uh, or wanted to run away from his past and atone for the horrible things he'd done. So these things were nothing new. Uh, the great thing about genres is that they take things that had that that the genre had done before and, and done well and finds a new way of doing it. So I'm not saying that 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 there's something wrong with uh, with the fact that the that that the the idea behind the 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 Buffy Angel romance is already a cliche in the genre at this point right uh i think it's actually to its its benefit because it took it and and and, and did something completely new with it did it better than anybody else had done it before um uh and so to say that that that, that the musical uh episode was just a gimmick um again like i like i said earlier in in uh this broadcast uh i think that when this show does things that are atypical there it's at its best when it's at its atypical, that's the norm, because uh, this show always did things differently than anybody else did them. That's true of Becoming, that's true of Once More With Feeling, that's true of The Body, that's true of anything else we could hold up there as one of the great episodes of Buffy. But uh, it's interesting to me that uh, Ortiz actually did give Once More With Feeling a lot of really, really sweet compliments. I mean, he obviously adores that hour um, as much as he might adore becoming uh he said a number of things and i'm surprised uh 
evaluated and try to jump on. Well, did you did you think that first of all, did you think that he was only going for uh, earshot because he wanted to stop the juggernaut? I mean, he does kind of say that. I do like to tear it down at this. Usually, it's around this point where I like to tear it down. That's true. Uh, is, the, is the admission that what, he makes? But do you think that, that it was genuine that he that he was just trying to tear it down, or do you think that his argument for earshot was it's the better episode? Uh, I believe that it actually. Well, I mean, you're right. I mean, Ortiz is a very seasoned geek fighter. I mean, he's one of the co-hosts. He's probably uh, logged a lot more time fighting this stuff than than anyone else. I mean, maybe even more than Damon Shaw, because just as he did in this episode, Shaw had to step back and sort of, uh, you know, sort of sponsor this fight. You know, he, he didn't have a vote. He didn't have a say. He couldn't throw his weight behind anything. And he's done that for Ortiz uh, quite a few times. So Ortiz, it could be said has done more geek fights than than anyone else. So I, I absolutely could, could see it going that way. I mean, how he could usually vote f for something and go that way or this way or that or the other. But you're asking me, was his argument for Earshot for being a better episode, or did he just want once more the feeling to go down? I'm going to say that I believe, and I'm going solely off of his arguments, that he actually does see Earshot as the superior episode, and the things he had to say about Earshot, I felt were very poignant, and I was surprised that they didn't sway geek fighters to vote for Earshot. I mean, he was absolutely right when he said that this episode came out at a point where it could not even be broadcast, because Joss Whedon and his show had their hand on the pulse, and those are his words, pretty much, the pulse of our culture, and had it so well that they couldn't even show this story because even though they had filmed it and had had it edited and ready to be broadcast, they had to hold back because what they had just filmed had just happened at Columbine. So I believe that he was championing earshot over once more with feeling with for very legitimate reasons. But I also do understand that uh, he is interested in tripping these juggernauts as they come down, and he's done it in multiple fights. He is, and that's actually the pattern that starts to develop for him at this point. I mean, let, let's 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 first let's 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 just mention that this is the the moment. The argument that he makes for becoming in the third round is the argument, and again. Uh, like you said, he made this argument before uh, mm -hmm. in Best of Star Trek. Right. So he knows this argument already. Yes. And that gives him kind of an advantage over Jill. Because he already knows how to how to make this argument convincing. And uh, and 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 again, Jill has sort of a rash confidence in in, in once more with feeling. Uh, uh -huh. That made her and the others did too. Uh, Melvin also yes. had a very rash confidence in once more with feeling. Uh, and uh, and and he and Jill, you could almost say that they made the same arguments in every round for the episode. But, uh, but this, this was the pivotal argument that, that, that uh, Ortiz made for uh, becoming. And uh, this is the one that, 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 that resonated with the other voters for the rest of the, uh, the, the podcast. And even the ones who didn't vote for becoming later on still referenced, we're still referencing this argument in the final round. It was and referencing the big its fish. importance, but you, you, when I when I bring up the earshot once more with feeling, where uh, where uh, where the, the moment where Ortiz turns on uh, um, once more with feeling, 
this the pattern that develops is that from this point forward, and this is where we were talking about before, how he was a little bit like a shark here. Yes. He was a little bit, and this is where he starts to show his teeth. Right. Starts to sink in a little bit. He goes for the jugular, uh, whatever, mm -hmm. however you want to say it. Uh, and, you know, and from this point on, he, he's got some pretty good episodes left to work with. Right. But he takes down all of the big three here. He does. Every time the opportunity comes up, he attacks the big three. And every time the opportunity comes up to praise passion or innocence, yes. he takes it and he champions it over the other episode. And he uses his same argument. He calls back his own argument uh, that he made for becoming in the third round, which, and I think it's very deliberate that he chose becoming to make that argument with. I think you could, you, you, you might say, well, he, maybe he would have been happy if, if passion or innocence would have made it that far, too. Right. And he would have championed that, too, because they fit into the argument that he was making. But he made that argument for becoming. That's true. He made it hard for becoming. So do you think that he had these brackets in front of him, and he, went, and he zeroed in on that title, becoming, and said, this is the one that I think is going to be able to take down the big three. I think at this point, once we've heard this, once we heard this clip of him throwing down that big argument. Right. The argument. The pivotal argument in this show. I think that you, I, I, I think that you have to believe that that, that that was a deliberate choice that he made. I think he was using passion and innocence from this point on to bolster his argument for becoming, to remind people of what the argument for becoming was. Without referencing becoming itself. Without having to. Except to. with innocence, of course, uh, the suggestion of, you know, everything that's awesome about becoming is set up in innocence, so now I will vote for innocence. Right. And, well, yes, and he remains consistent with his argument. Right. Which, which you know, you, you could also say that maybe that's the reason why he does this. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's not the shark that we're making him out to be. I, I think that's really sharky because he I gets to mention shark. because because he oh, can mention becoming in in the argument where becoming is a contender where becoming is fighting for his life he's referenced becoming and then later on in the brackets we're on innocence and when he champions innocence he gets to reference becoming so there's two arguments for becoming exactly and he does it even when he doesn't need to even when he knows that episode is going to lose absolutely even when he's in a, a circumstance uh, circumstances are. Uh, such that innocence and passion are, are going to lose that round. Ortiz he is a still hard makes, fighter. He still makes the hard argument. Yes. And he makes it for becoming in those instances. In a somewhat passive-aggressive way, but a very, a very uh, uh, you know, a, a very, a, it was a very controlled uh, argument. A very controlled direction that he took those arguments. And I think that that, 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 that changed the, 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 the tempo of that, even so much so that even when in the final round, um, when Melvin and Jill uh, were arguing against him for uh, for uh, once more with feeling, they had to reference that argument that he they made did coming. Yeah, they had to call back that third round argument. Absolutely, and that actually worked against them because they just reminded the other panelists of what that argument was. That's right. That's right. And and I think that that was really again the irrational confidence they had at that point. Even being faced with such a strong, such a firm argument that was that was really hard to overcome, and that had already, uh, you know, uh, swayed other members of the panel. It was other members remember, admitted at that point that they probably wouldn't have voted the way they were voting if they hadn't heard Mike's argument. That's true. It it, it was almost as if I mean, listening to it, it was it was as if Value had a pop quiz in front of her suddenly. And she hadn't studied because she really didn't think she had to. And on that quiz was a number of things 
that that she wasn't counting on. And one of those things was Ortiz's argument. Yeah. And and that that's how something like I mean something like I mean passions are becoming a brilliant episode, and it winning is a cool thing. It's just this is how that can happen on good yeah. fights. And I think that that when it comes to when it comes to the fight part of geek fights, yes, these are all geeks, right? But the fight is about is about taking your taking your horse, the horse that you've picked, and willing them to victory. And that's something that that really Mike Ortiz is the only one who did that in this episode. And and it's it's a little bit disappointing that he's the only one who did that in this episode. We've heard other people do similar things here. Yes. Uh, Barry at some point references the Itchy winning the the the, the Star Wars yes. fight. Star Trek versus Star Wars and, and, showdown. And how ridiculous that was. How insanely ridiculous that was. But then it was it was the, the passion. Yes, and the, the articulation. The passion and articulation of an individual to carry that argument, continue to carry that argument, to convince make a that panel. argument memorable. Absolutely. You convince the panel, the panel will follow. Ortiz knows that probably better than any better fighter. Better than anyone, absolutely. And, uh, and it's, it's definitely a lesson, I think, that, uh, that uh, uh, Jill Value and, and Melvin Ladera is, in particular learned uh in this in this uh particular episode of of geek fights where it wasn't a slaughter against uh when's more feeling absolutely i mean those were the only no, two close. people that voted for and that, it i think that that final vote that tiebreaker at the end yeah gill dave gill dave gill yeah yes that was that was a nail biter it really was it, i could have gone either way it started with so much praise for when's more feeling i was it like does. oh okay i know how this is ending and but it seems then, like the kind of praise that that should have been made for that episode earlier. Absolutely, it that should wasn't. have been. Yeah, it wasn't for there. Them to, again, uh, come right back to that argument that Mike made in the third round. This is how once more the feeling lost. It's like you know when when you approach your first round with oh my god, you know it's so great, and you're not getting specific, and you're not getting passionate exactly. about it. Jill really shot her load way too early in this episode. I think is what really what it really came down to is that that the the. The load was blown. I mean, it it, it, it was. In the, in the first round, she showed her hand. Mike didn't. Mike snuck up on her. She wasn't expecting it. And he, he delivered that knockout blow in the third round, and she just kind of staggered around for the rest of it. That's true. Melvin kind of staggered around. I mean, he'd, he'd, he'd taken them both out. And uh, I don't think those two fighters understood what was going on it with that argument yeah, until it, it was them. too late. They were blindsided. They, they were, were really they blindsided were absolutely blindsided. It wasn't until that final round that they acknowledged how powerful that argument had been. Jill herself voted for uh, for becoming That's in, the, right. in, in the grade eight. Yeah. And uh, and and she used Mike's argument. She did, and that that's how we lost Hush. Yeah. And she wasn't she wasn't thinking like a fighter there. Yep. She was thinking like a geek, but she wasn't yep. thinking like a fighter. Yep. Yep. And that's really what it come down what it came down to is that the guy who thought like a fighter was the one who won this. That's what happened. All right, so now I think uh, we should finish uh, with what was it about this episode that we were most disappointed in? And uh, I think you should go first, Jared. What disappointed you the most uh, in the end? What What would you, I guess the best way to put it is, what would you have liked to have seen, heard, in this episode of Geek Fights that you didn't? 
I, I wish that there had been some uh, stronger arguments to get Restless to go a lot further. Uh, Restless, for okay. me, is, is huge. In fact, uh, I think that in some Buffy scholarly circles, the big three is actually the big four, with Restless actually as uh, another huge contender. Buffy, are you sure you want to play there? It's a pretty big sandbox. I'm okay. It's not coming for me yet. I just mean, you can't protect yourself from some stuff. Way ahead of you, big brother. Brother? Come on, put your back into it. A watcher scoffs at gravity. I love everything, especially Xander's dream. I love when Xander encounters Buffy in the sandbox. That, for me, is, is one of the biggest, coolest moments in all of Buffy. And, and I really wish that there had been a little more fighting for Restless, because, because I felt like Restless, if argued appropriately, you know, could have superseded... I mean, anybody could have superseded Mike's argument, you know, if they had known it was coming or if they'd anticipated Mike coming in with that same argument from Best of Trek, uh, which dominated this episode or this last episode of this podcast. Uh, Restless for me is just gigantic. And well, I and really Barry wish brought it had gone. that up, I think, uh, at one point. Barry stated that, uh, that it, in fact, Restless had repercussions for everything that had come before. Yes. And everything that came after. Yes. There's and foreshadowing. rules that it had, that spread out throughout the course of the whole show. So yes, actually, uh, Mike's big argument about, yes. about, you know, what do we look for in, in Buffy, uh, could be made for Restless. On top of the fact that it was the first truly artistically, uh, unique. It was. Uh, well, uh, episode of, of Buffy. But but then again, I mean, I mean, Hush. I mean, it comes after Hush. I mean, it, what's so strange is that Hush and Restless come from Buffy season four, which uh, Valueway actually references one of the weaker seasons of Buffy. But these are two very strong episodes that are part of a great four, and they're both in the quote unquote weakest season of Buffy. And I just love Restless forever. And I really wish somebody had, had just given some kind of account of a scene or a moment from Restless that, that would have, you know, batted it forward and gotten it a little closer to that finale. Would it have been able to take out once more with feeling? I, I can't tell you. If, if I were on that panel, I would, have, I would have fought long and hard to try to get it ahead of once more with feeling. Right, Absolutely. On this panel... If it had ended up that way, right? I don't think that Mike Ortiz would have fought as hard for Restless as he did for Becoming. You can't make me disappear just because you say it's over. Actually, I can. In fact... just want you to be able to have some kind of normal life. We can never have that, don't you see? I don't give a damn about a normal life. 
I'm going crazy not seeing you. I think about you every minute. I know. But it's over. It has to be. Come back here. We're not finished. You don't care anymore, is that it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I feel. Then tell me you don't love me. Say it. Is that what you need to hear? Will that help? I don't. I don't. Now let me go. No. A person doesn't just wake up and stop loving somebody. Love is forever. Fuck off. I only have eyes for you. And the great thing about this episode is that you can take any argument that was made in favor of any episode in this show and it would work for I Only Have Eyes For You. Including every single argument that Mike Ortiz made for Becoming and the two uh, adjacent season two episodes, Passion and Innocence. Right. Um, and you would find an episode uh, where... Uh, everything that was great about season two was not only in that episode, but anyone who hadn't seen any of season two would look at that episode, knew exactly what happened before, understand what was so compelling about it, and also the moments towards the end of that episode inform why Buffy makes the choices that she makes in Becoming. Right. How she reaches those conclusions. She's already accepted by the end of that episode so it, that so she has to make that hard choice. So you're saying that they're like a, a very good model for what Buffy the Vampire Slayer is, just as I was saying Hush is a good model, uh, would be I Only Have Eyes for You from the second season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, because if you, could sh you, you wanted to show that episode to somebody who had never seen Buffy before, like you said with Hush. Right. You could show them that. And even more than Hush, you could, you could apply Mike Ortiz's brilliant argument for becoming to it and say this episode is going to show them everything that's great about Buffy. Everything that got us, that, that, that made us fall in love with Buffy. Yes. It's going to show it to us in this one episode in a totally comprehensible way. So you're saying that this episode does the becoming argument better than becoming. Uh, I do, but I think the difference is that uh, it doesn't it doesn't have the iconic moments. And, and it would be really... If, 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 for example, you were to put up the Becoming Against Once More With Feeling, I would have a hard time arguing for Once More With Feeling over that episode. Right. If that was the choice that I had. But, at the very least, it belongs in the top eight. At the very least. If not the top four. Because I really do think it, it encapsulates what's great about Buffy. So you were uh, asking... And better than Once More With, with Feeling does... Maybe not better than the body does, and maybe not better than uh, than restless does, but um, but for me, better than uh, than the two episodes that uh, that ultimately won. So you would actually, you it's your projection that um, I only advise with you for you would have put once more with feeling out earlier than the top four. Uh, I think that I would have voted it 
to that way. If I were the panel, the, the, the fighter in on this panel, the true yep. fighter was Mike Ortiz, right? And he's the one who won in the end, even though you and I both sat here and said that, that there's that really the becoming is not one of the top episodes, right? It's it may be top ten, yeah, exactly. Uh, and and you might even argue for uh, for a distant fifth wheel. Yeah, among those top four. Sure. Uh, but uh, but you know, not no, not the greatest. But again, this is geek fights, and and the the, the best geek fighter in this uh, in this episode was able to sway uh, enough people to his side to get his darling through. Absolutely. And I mean, and and I mean, that's the thing. I mean, in the end, I mean, am, I'm a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. Am I disappointed that Becoming has been crowned the best Buffy episode? I've got to say no. no. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a great episode, and I love that it isn't um, one of the, you know, the the, the big four. Yeah, it's a great victory. I it's love great that. watching an underdog. It's beautiful. You know, rise to the top like that. Absolutely, I mean, that's beautiful. what this guy, That's what a, that's what a show like Deep Fight should be about. And I I think, I think so too. And 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 that's, I wish I would have seen better arguments for other episodes. That's what I'm saying. But I also think that I mean, had they removed those serious contenders. It might have been. It would have been a brawl. It, it would have been bloody. It would have been a really bloody fight. Because it would have forced these people to think on their toes in ways that they didn't. That's true, but at the same time, I think that the fact that becoming was able to get over those kinds of giant juggernauts it's a is tribute kind to the of format. Cool. It's a tribute to the competition. It is uh, the spirit of competition. It is format. true. 